it too late for Happy New Year? No, Doug, that's ridiculous. <laughs> right, good morning, everybody. Um, great to have you here this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Colin. I'm one of the leaders here at Gateway. Um, this morning, we are, new graphics, stepping into a bit of a new epic preaching series. Um, John, we're going to come to that in just a moment. Um, before we do, I just want to take about 10 minutes. So I still have my normal preaching time, don't worry. We won't be <laughs> um, I just want to take about 10 minutes just to uh, touch on a couple of areas of church life, family life, gateway family life, um, and just to acknowledge them um, at this point in the year. And um, before I do, Tom, it's great to see you and have you back here for this morning. Um, Tom, stand up a minute. Let's hear, can we welcome Tom? I know a lot of you may not know him. Tom, you're allowed to sit down, that's fine. But great to have you here. Um, anybody else like to be welcome personally? All right. So, um, just a, a couple of things before we get going in John, which is this page. Um, just want to take you back about a year ago. Um, just at this time... A year ago, in fact, Christmas time a year ago, we came into Christmas time 2022. Um, and you'll remember, if you were around at that point, most likely that we said to you, Look, we just want to bring you up to speed with where we are financially. Um, it was challenging. We had gone through a point where we had to close uh, Gateway Furniture. Sadly, it just was economically, it was not viable because the shop was shut in town and, um, and it was burning through our reserves as a church. And along with that, our actual uh, income as a church was below, quite a long way below our budget for the year. And so we came to you at the end of 2022 and said, look, as we come into the new year, fun new year, right? we're just going to paint the picture of where we are as a church, and we're going to ask that we respond as a church to the challenge of finances for us. Um, so that was a year ago. And just, I want to, again, I know we've said thank you, but I want to take this moment to say, Gateway, thank you so much for the generosity and the response in that moment, it's never a fun thing to have to just kind of say, oh, money's not great, but thank you so much to all of you who've given, whether a lot or a little, it's really not the point, but just to step into that moment. And amazingly, it's been a year of um, not recovery as such, because we, we've got to at some point um, restore boring things like our reserves and that kind of thing, um, which is important, but just of God's faithfulness, that the budget we set, which was a stretch budget this year, in fact, um, I think it's around 8% increase on last year, something like that, Nigel, about that, and we, so we set a bigger budget um, for this year, and amazingly, we are almost on target for it, we're slightly lagging behind now, but the reason I wanted to highlight that to you is just simply to say thank you so much, I just think it's worth acknowledging that one year on, um, that God through you and us has provided for the needs of us. And so can we just honor Jesus for um, providing for us? Um, and, and it is an opportunity. We don't actually talk very much about finance at all here. Um, we, wanna, we want to be bold in that. That's not because we don't like it, but we want to be bold and just continue to talk about it. And so two things off the back of that say, if you are new or newish to Gateway 
or you've been around a long time and you haven't begun giving yet, can I invite you at this point again to consider, to prayerfully consider giving, even just making a start, um, just stepping into beginning to give. And likewise, if you've been around for a long time and, or even more recently you've begun giving, can I just encourage you at this point in the year again to pray and think through where you are with giving, that it's not just something that we just set and then forget, but actually we are actively intentional about what we're giving, generously, proportionally, um, faithfully to God. And so I just want to use that as a moment at this point in the year to invite us again to do that. We are currently setting the budget for this coming financial year, and there are always things we'd love to be able to push into and to uh, step out and go for, but finance is a key part of that. And so I just want to put that before us as a family, um, and not least of which, you know, there is, yes, we practically, we do need to, over the coming years, um, restore our reserves, but one thing that has really taken a hit um, as we had to really tighten up the budget this last year was actually how much we're giving away, and so we had made an aim a few years back to increase every year what we're giving away, but this year we really had to rein that back, so I think we're back down to 10%, and we don't want it to go any lower, but we want to give away more. We want to express God's generosity towards us. So I'll leave that with you. Please do pray. Um, please do think about that. Don't let it be just something that goes under the radar that is just, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but that doesn't mean it's not important to us. So I'll leave that with you. Please feel free to talk to myself, Callum, Nigel, uh, Robert, or Al about finance, or one of the trustees. Um, and at this point, I just want to say thank you to our trustees. Uh, Mark Owen is the chair of trustees. Um, Andrew Neal and Malika are also trustees, and these guys have served us. Ian Lowe um, has been a trustee for a whole number of years, and he's, he, he's now moved on. He and Tanya have moved on. Um, but I just want to thank these guys for their part that they also play behind the scenes, just stewarding, keeping an eye on health and safety and finance and all of that stuff. Um, and amazingly, Tom has just agreed to be a trustee as well. So thank you, Tom, in advance. Can we just honor those guys? They, what, what they do is really important. And they do really serve us so well um, behind the scenes like that. Secondly, there's something that happened in December which kind of slightly went under the radar. So many of you will know that Sam Lloyd has... Um, Sam and Emily have now been in Smith. Is it coming up for two years, Sam? I don't know where you've gone. Is it about two years? Yeah. And uh, Sam has... Uh, Started way in this last year. He's got way under underway. <laughs> it's the name is one that you can play with quite a lot. Anyway, um, so Sam started way, which is a, a, a organisation and initiative to serve young people in and across Swindon, young people in need, young people just needing encouragement, mentoring, support in life. Um, and it's a young person-led initiative. And so Sam's got this off the ground over this last year, something that he's done before, and as he moved um, to Swindon with that intention. And God has really blessed Way over this last year. And it just feels like it's hit the ground, kind of running, I want to say. Um, and it's really encouraging. Um, and in December, Sam was put up for an award. So in fact, the, the main project that's running right now, as Sam's talked about before, is a is a, a hospital presence for young people who are coming in through self-harm, violence, um, substance misuse, that kind of thing, and maybe they kind of end up in A&E quite often where A&E don't have the right resources to support them and signpost them on. 
And so Sam has started Beacons, and the guys in Way have started Beacons, which is a, a help point, a presence point in A&E. In fact, a few years back, I was in A&E um, with one of the kids, and there was somebody in the curtain in, in A&E, you can't help but hear. There was a young girl in the curtain next to us who was in there um, having overdosed, and she was sleeping it off, I think, and her mum was distraught. And I remember at the time thinking, the church needs to be in this place. Um, because they were just letting her sleep. There was nothing, you know, was other issues at play rather than medical stuff at that point. And I remember thinking, man, we could be here and love people. And so it's really exciting that this is like an, a launch initiative as part of Way. What's really encouraging is in December, Sam and Way were given an award um, for Beacons. Here he is. Well done, Sam. So it's an NHS... Southwest NHS Award for Connecting People. Um, And I think this is something that we mustn't let go under the radar. This is something to celebrate. Um, Sam, well done to you and all your initiative and just following God in this. And also just the fact it's been recognized and valued. Please do pray for Sam, Les, and, and the guys that are leading way. There's so many opportunities and many potential avenues this could go and ways for it to expand, but it needs people like you and I to step up and be willing to pray and support Sam, to volunteer, to mentor, to give finance to it, to just cheer him on and the guys that are doing this. Um, but I'm just so encouraged and we must recognize this award. It's not even been going that long really, has it, Sam? And you're already getting an award, so, which is just great to be able to say, hey, we're already an award-receiving organization. So brilliant. Well done, Sam. Um, and... That same weekend, I just want to take a moment. Rua, I don't know if you're here this morning. Is, oh, you are here. Rua, that same weekend that Sam got the award, I just want to say thank you again for cooking for all of us. Um, Rua, thank you so much. I, the, idea of, the idea of 300 people eating just before Christmas, the week before Christmas, was a bit crazy anyway. And then I suddenly remembered the shops at Christmas time of having to go and buy food for 300 people. So, Rua, thank you. So, it was amazing. And... I don't know about you, but I really value those mealtimes that we have together as a family. I, I really think God has used them just to help us find one another again over this last couple of years. And so they feel really important. We're planning them again for this year in different ways. Um, but Rua, thank you so much for all your hard work. And I know, there's another t- I know there's a team around you. So thank you to you and your team for that. But I just wanted to acknowledge. I know we said thank you in the morning, but you know, it was busy and you were busy. Um, So this last year, it feels like we've begun to, I don't know about you, but as a team, I think we feel like we've begun to find traction is a dangerous word because it makes it sound like you're absolutely motoring a lot. But I think off the struggle of the last few years, it feels like we've begun to um, just sense God's goodness and get afresh. It feels like things are beginning to happen. You know that we've just commissioned last Sunday Joel and Sandra um, as interns, and that's an exciting thing. There's uh, way that's taken off over this last year, and there's other bits and pieces, and we're having conversations with different leaders about uh, church plants across the town and what that might look like moving forward, but it feels like there's a bit of health in us, that maybe there wasn't a bit of life, a bit of traction. I don't want to over-egg the pudding, but it feels like it's been a, a positive year for us as a team, and I feel like we as a team are coming into 2024 as we've talked and prayed with a sense of faith and anticipation. And so actually last Sunday, and even, was it New Year's Eve? Is that right? New Year's Eve we were together. Um, just 
as we worshipped, just it felt a bit like there was a hunger for God, a fresh, a hunger to encounter Him. I just really want to encourage us. Let's go for it. Let's go for it this year. Let's believe that God wants to bless us and encourage us. I don't just mean gateway in what we're doing. I mean us as a family, you and I, and in our lives and all we're doing. And yes, things that we do together as a church and as we gather and worship. Um, but I feel like God is calling us to get faith for this year, that he wants to not just cause us to carry on in the way that we are, but he wants to disrupt us. Even as he encounters us, the reason that Jesus encounters us and wants to show us his glory is because he wants to disrupt our lives for his glory and for his kingdom come. Because when we sing lines like, you reign, I wonder if Jesus is sat on his throne saying, you better believe it. <laughs> um, and it's going to look like stuff. It's going to look costly. It's going to look exciting. It's going to look challenging. And I feel like we have had a bit of a year of recovery. And so I just, as we stand at this point, can we make prayer in this coming year something that we really get hold of? And maybe we need to get hold of ourselves in this and drag ourselves to a prayer gathering. Come in faith. Don't just turn up unwillingly because you feel pressured. But can I invite us? The only way we're going to follow Jesus is if we're seeking him in prayer, with him in prayer, spending time in prayer, listening to his voice, hungry for his presence. So can I encourage us at this point that prayer becomes something for us. I, I, I'm so encouraged by Jocelyn's word about, that she brought last week, that prophetic word about encounter, encountering God, our expectation for his glory and his presence as we gather to worship. But can we also be hungry to hear his voice, to be with him in prayer? As we, as we do the work of prayer, as we give ourselves to it. And I just want to encourage us at this point to make a decision. Like last year, we, we said, look, there's a finance challenge for us. And many in this room made a decision to say, okay, I'll, I'll respond to that. Well, now we've got a prayer challenge. We, feel, we felt for a while God saying to us as a team, come on, time to, time to get going with prayer. Time to get hold of it, to put it in as the mainstay part of our diet here. And so I want to ask you at this point, don't just hear that there's a prayer gathering this evening at 7.30 and kind of go, yeah, yeah. Actually, come on, let's pray. Let's gather to Jesus and let's pray and seek him together. So we will unashamedly in these days begin asking us to pray. Right, John's gospel. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, we thank you for family and food and friendship and finance that you've given to us. We thank you for this last year of your provision. We thank you and we celebrate with Sam and the guys at Way, Lord, the, the award they have. We thank you for just one another in this room. And we pray, Lord, as we uh, right now step into the book of John, into John's gospel, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would encounter us afresh and show us your glory. Through your word, we pray this. Lord, that we would be a people who have encountered you, the living and risen King Jesus, who has loved us and shown us the Father. So we bless this moment to you. We pray that your word would be alive and kicking in our hearts, that your spirit would uh, breathe afresh upon us. As we come to your word right now, we pray that in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, for our joy and the glory of God. Amen.
So John's gospel, I'm sure to many, many of you this is familiar territory, but to some of you it may not be familiar territory at all. Um, John was an apostle of Jesus. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He was called by Jesus to come and follow Jesus at the start of Jesus' ministry. And then off the back of Jesus' death, he was commissioned as an apostle to go and take the good news, to teach and instruct the church to live out the great commission of Jesus, to take the good news of Jesus to the ends of the world. And John was a guy who was close to Jesus. And we are starting John's gospel, but here's the thing. We're going to be in with John for quite a while. As a team, as we were talking and praying about what we were preaching, I think I was chatting with Callum uh, at some point in early autumn last year, and at one point one of us said, I wonder if we should journey with John. Not just do John's gospel, but actually journey with him for kind of a long time. Um, and maybe do John's gospel. And what about we chuck in his epistles as well, his letters? And we've been talking for a while about the book of Revelation and saying, now we just chuck Revelation in on the end as well. And um, so we've made the decision that for probably at least a year, we're going to journey with John. Um, don't hold me to that. But... That's in our heart right now. That's in our thinking as we've been talking. And actually just to have real faith to kind of say we want to journey with John, this disciple of Jesus who was commissioned as an apostle in the church. And so we're going to take time to journey with him. Now, Tom, I'm thankful you're here. I mean, of course, we have our other Iranian brothers. But there's this word which I, well, it seems to be a Farsi word, a Hindi word, and a word in Urdu that is hamsafa. How do you say it, Amir? Hamsafa. Okay. Is it the wrong spelling? Yes. <laughs> well, I want to... Tom, go home. Um, I, I just want to contend that because in Iran, there's a new TV series with this as the title. Don't know if you know that. Been watching it? And this is the spelling for that TV series. So I'm just, I'm just going with... Um, anyway, so this word kind of encapsulates why we want to journey with John. And so it's a word, I remember talking to Tom, we were having coffee one, uh, about probably two years ago, and we were chatting about this word, and you were... Exp- more than two years ago, <laughs> Daniel, don't, oh, don't invite him again. Like, no, it's not... <laughs> By the way, who would like Tom to come back to Swindon? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't. I'm just putting it out there. I didn't, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but Tom was explaining this word to me. And if I'm right, it has... It has well, the word ham... Ham? Means hum. Hum means... All, yeah, together. Also was... Yeah? And... Safar means travel, so together travel. So it's this idea of journeying with someone, of walking with someone, a fellow traveler, um, one who shares the road, a companion, a friend who is in life with you, a life partner, maybe even a spouse. I don't know if it goes to marriage. Does it extend to marriage? No? No? We don't know. Um, It might do, but... I guess the idea does. Anyway, 
But that, that word, Ham Safar, really encapsulates why we want to journey with John, that we want to walk with John over this year. We want to journey with John. We want to see the signs that John points us to. We want to hear the, the, the conversations that John is bringing back to us. We want to see what it is that so gripped this man's life for Jesus and his kingdom come. And so we want to ham safar with John, that in doing so, we might ham safar more faithfully with Jesus Christ, that we might be those who journey with Jesus, who are friends of Jesus, who, who are fellow travelers with Jesus in life, learning from John, watching his life, hearing what he has to say, what he points to over this coming year. And so, like all good stories, I just have a quick question, by the way. When you pick up a novel, um, do, are you somebody who goes to the end of the novel first of all? You read the back story. If that is you, no shame, just make yourself known to this room. Um, is there anybody who has to read the back page before? No. Oh, Liz, I, that's funny you should say that, Liz. I wonder, because I saw you sort of shrink at that moment. And, um, well, that's what we're doing this morning, we are going to take just a couple, of, a couple of minutes to journey to the last page of John. So if I can encourage you to jump to John chapter 20. This is, why we're, this is why we're going to spend a year with John. This really is the intro this morning. We're going to get going proper next week. But John 20, 31 tells us John tells us himself why he's written this gospel. He says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciple which are not written in this book. But these things that he has written, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. What a spoiler. If you read that, if you started John at the back, you kind of go, oh, okay, ruined the whole thing now. Um, no, not really. But this is why we're spending this time in John's gospel, hopefully his epistles and revelation, is that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. We're going to spend time so that we may believe in Jesus. Not just intellectual ascent. John isn't just after intellectual ascent to some ideas or some sayings of Jesus. But he wants us to literally learn Jesus' way. He wants to point us to Jesus, the bread of life. He wants to point us to who Jesus is and who he reveals himself to be. He wants to point us as, I think, you know, when John wrote his gospel, he knew he was writing scripture. I'm pretty sure of that. He knew what he was doing. And he, and he wants to not just get our heads. Sometimes, I don't know if you read the Apostle Paul and you're kind of doing the logic thing with Paul. But John, he wants to get our heart. He wants to get our whole being. He wants to pull us along the road with Jesus to see him, to believe him, so that you may have life. Life in abundance Fullness of life, eternal life. It's what John is seeking to do with his gospel. You see, John is, has this conviction in life that Jesus, 
is the long-awaited promised Messiah of Israel, the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you, anyone, I may have eternal life. John believes the things that he's written in his own gospel. He believes they are true and trustworthy and life-giving. He's saying, like, if this is the only thing you read, John's saying you can read this and you can believe in Jesus, that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, that you can receive eternal life. And I'm sure that John's got in his heart in John 6 when Jesus says, the words that I've spoken are spirit and life. That John's saying, I'm pointing to the one who speaks words that are spirit and a life. And I'm utterly convinced that John's conviction is that if you listen to these words of Jesus and believe in them, whoever you are, whatever your background, literally, whoever you are, whatever your background is, if you listen to these words of Jesus that John shares in this gospel account of the life of Jesus Christ, if you listen to these words, that Jesus is able to transform your life, that John is convinced of that, that he can transform your life for the sake of his kingdom and of your joy and eternal joy. The amazing thing about John's gospel is it's simple. It's really simple to get your head around, but boy, is it deep. And so actually taking time to journey through this, to journey with John, to see why is he pointing us to these things? Why is he, why is he wanting us to understand what Jesus says of himself is going to serve us so well to help us navigate life, to grow in faith, to trust Jesus. In fact, John wants to, I think one of the big purposes of John is that he wants to reshape our thinking. So he starts, and I'm just going to pick up on this next week, but he starts his gospel by saying, in the beginning, it's a new beginning for you. The gospel of Jesus is a new beginning for anyone. And so there's a new beginning moment for us again, whether even today, whether you've been walking with Jesus for many years or whether you're new to faith, there's a new beginning moment for us again today. It's not just a new year where we get to kind of reorder some bits in our life, but there's a new beginning in Jesus. And so, I'm aware of time, so I'm going to jump and get to the end. And so as we sit at the start of this, I just want to point to us to a couple of things that John is wanting us to see, that this gospel is full of brilliant guidance for life with Jesus. It's full of calling us and enabling us to be disciples in the Spirit, full of the Spirit of God. It speaks to human desire, meaning life, love. All of those things, whether we're followers of Jesus or not, it's a gospel that encapsulates life. It's a gospel that models and calls us to be those who cross boundaries. Those who are moved by the Spirit, who, who, who aren't just, we are filled with the Spirit, but actually have confidence in the Spirit, to be moved by the Spirit, to respond to the Spirit of God in everyday life. It's a gospel that breathes creativity. And I, I, I'm convinced that creativity, and so Sam, thank you for writing that song, and Becca, 
last week just sharing poems. And I'm convinced that creativity is a way that Jesus wants to communicate his gospel in our day and age. That the church needs to rediscover creativity. Storytelling, song, poetry, art, dance, all of that great stuff. It's a gospel of abundance. Which in a day of where finance is a challenge for many. To say actually we have this gospel of abundance. And that God is a God of abundance, not scarcity. What an amazing thing to be convinced that our God is a God of abundance. We don't need to fear, but we look to him. It's a gospel, it's a gospel of love. It is the gospel of love. And John, over 80 times in, in his letters, he uses the word love. And he wants us to know, church, that we, you and I, are deeply loved by God, that God so loves the world that he gave his son. But it's interesting that John, love is something that John had to learn. In, in his early life, in his, when he was first called by Jesus, we get it from the other gospels a slightly different perspective on who John was. And so there's a, there's a story that you'll know where... where um, Jesus sends disciples on to Samaria. Uh, he sends the messengers on to Samaria, and these messengers aren't received. And John and his brother James, they're called sons of thunder. Because, because Samaria hasn't received the messengers, they're called sons of thunder. Um, actually, the, this phrase, sons of thunder, that John and James get referred to actually means comes from the root word, rage. That John wasn't always a guy where love was his response. He was a guy where... Rage was probably one of the ways that he operated. And so he says in Luke chapter 9, this is, this is words of uh, John, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? That's some fairly strong words of John. God, they're not going to receive the message. Lord, should we, should, we should we kill them basically? How about that for a good response? It doesn't sound much like love. But the good news is this, that John doesn't stay in a place of rage and a son of thunder. He becomes the apostle of love. He grows. His life is transformed. And his own journey is proof to us that Jesus is able to take any one of us, whoever you are, wherever you're at in life and faith, and he is able to transform your life that he makes us new, that he can make you new. He can give you new hope, new future, new eternal life, new joy, new peace, and it's a hope that we all can have in and through Jesus. And so I'm aware of time. What does that mean for us? Why, what, why, are we, why are we doing John? Because the same one who conquered death that John is passionate about can transform you into the person who God intends and created you to be. God can do it. God can do it. So whether you're here this morning and you're young in years, congratulations. You're young in faith maybe, fantastic. Or maybe you're here and you're a bit older in years, been around the block a bit more in terms of faith. Jesus invites us to continue and John invites us to walk with him, to grow, for faith to grow. For us to continue to believe, 
Continue to get hold of Jesus. Continue to be excited by this gospel, by this kingdom come here on earth as in heaven. That's the purpose. Lord, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're to continue growing and loving Jesus and loving one another and loving God and loving lost things and seeing them restored and reconciled back to God the creator. And so this is an invitation to us to grow as disciples of Jesus, as journeyers, as followers of Jesus, to be more convinced, more committed, more hungry to pattern our lives after Jesus. And so as I literally, I just want to take two minutes. I know the time is up. And I want to say to those of you who are maybe older in this room, um, both older in life and older in faith, I want to talk to you in particular for just two minutes. Um, John had a lot of reason to walk away from Jesus, I think, to walk away from church, to say the cost is too high, give up. God, it's too big a cost. In that he outlived all of his contemporaries. He was exiled. He was taken, you know, not taken, sorry, he was exiled, but to an island, Patmos. It cost him family, friends, home, comfort. He saw his friends killed for the sake of knowing Jesus. Following Jesus for John was a high cost. And it's just worth remembering that as we approach John's gospel. This guy, he knew the cost of what it was to follow Jesus. He knew what it cost. He knew what seeing the kingdom come and spread and advance, the gospel advance, was actually going to require. And John, even though he saw all of that, he did not allow his heart to become hardened. He did not allow his heart to become cynical. He did not allow him to become um, just disillusioned with church and the people of God and the mission of God. He didn't give up. In fact, we see John grow in love for God and love for his people. More convinced, more committed, more convicted by this gospel of Jesus Christ. For him, his church was a costly place to belong to. Honestly, our church is easy in comparison to what John had to face. But he didn't grow bitter. He didn't get fixated on, I don't like how it's done on a Sunday, the worship this, people talk a bit too much, this, that, the other. He focused on Jesus. And I want to encourage those of you who are older right now, and I'll let you, you count yourself into that, to use this as a moment. This is true for those of us who are younger in faith. But just as I was reading through John again and praying about it, I just, at this point, I, wanna, I just feel I want to say it to you. Don't let your heart be discouraged. Don't become cynical in life and in faith. And for different ones, that will look like different things. Disillusioned with church. Disillusioned with church family. The cost. Maybe disillusioned with Jesus and the promise of the gospel. But I want to invite you at this moment to step towards Jesus again. To look to him again. That the answer isn't just to take a step back and 
oh, well, we'll just see what happens. The answer is to step in. The answer, and I'm not just talking belonging to Gateway. I, we are passionate about that. But the answer is to step towards Jesus, to believe him, to believe him afresh, to say, okay, at this point in my life, I want to believe you again, Jesus. I want to trust you. Get hold of your truth and your promises that it would shape me and my life, that I may have life in abundance. Because that is what he's promised to us. He really has promised that to us. And I'm saying that to those who are older because I want to be honest. I feel like the reverse is happening. I feel like there are, not just in Gateway, but we're seeing it across the church in this nation and in the West, that, that people of the older generation, boomers and beyond, are increasingly dissatisfied with church and leaving church, leaving faith. And so I want to be bold with that and say, no, it's not, it's not good enough. Come on. Come on. Well done for all the years of faithfulness, serving God, loving one another, serving one another. But let's go again. Let's look to Jesus again. So in John's epistles, it's amazing. You, you hear his fatherly heart. When he's older in years, you hear his fatherly heart using these, phrase, these phrases, my dear children, dear friends. And he talks about loving one another and loving God. And so can I invite us to stand? We're, we've finished there. Um, I just want to pray for us. That isn't, if it feels like a stick, then maybe it needs to be. Um, it's not meant to be a stick. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to make a decision. Say, Jesus, through this season now, get hold of my life. Get hold of my heart. Get hold of my thinking. Reframe my thinking in this next season. And so, Lord, I pray for us here in Gateway that, Lord, we may be those who believe. We believe your word. We, we trust it. We dig into it. We dwell. We, we abide in your word that it would produce life and faith in abundance in us. And so I pray for us as a church at this point. Lord, bless us in these coming months and weeks as we dig into John's gospel. Reset, refashion faith within us. Lord, may your spirit be poured out upon us. Surprise us with joy as we come and see who you are, Lord Jesus, who you've called us to be. As we see, as we hear your words, see your signs, and then you invite us to respond like you like we see in the gospel. Lord, we, we want to be those who respond with faith and lay hold of you in faith and believe you by faith, Lord Jesus, because these things have been written that exactly that might happen. And so Gateway, I bless you today. I, I do pray, particularly for those who are older right now, maybe churches, I don't just mean Gateway, I just mean church. Maybe church is um, just a struggle for you at this moment. I want to pray for you. May God come, the Spirit, the God who loves you and called you and who's joined you into his family. And I want to pray that, that Jesus would soften your hearts towards Gateway if needed, towards people in Gateway, towards the mission and the people of God in the, in the broader sense of his church. May God cause love to grow for God as we and his people, as we dig into John in these coming weeks. I pray that. Lord, do it by your spirit, we ask surprise us. Lord, I pray there'll be testimonies of, I've started walking with Jesus again. I've started again. Do it, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Just to say, as we finish, can I encourage you to hamsafar with one or two others over these coming weeks as well, that you kind of go, do you know what? I want to get hold of the book of John 
with a couple of friends, maybe people I don't even know, and I want to meet with them regularly and just put this book in front of us. Read it through together, maybe just one line, one verse, or a chapter, and talk about it, and pray about it together. Can I encourage you to do that, to actually, I dare you, even before you go, say, how about it, so-and-so, and you, two, two or three of us? Let's ham so far together through John in this coming season. Find somebody. I promise you that you will believe Jesus, and you will find life as you do it, because that's John's promise to you. Right, I'm done. Everyone, thank you ever so much. You don't have to rush off. Stick around. Um, See you, hopefully, at 7.30 this evening as we gather to pray.